Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, very good morning. Thanks for taking guard with us. Ben and Zorks with you this morning in the chair for Patton Heels all this week. I'm going to see if I can twist Zorks' arm to get here tomorrow. We are doing it all thanks to the all-new Hyundai Kona. Imagine to be bold. The Suncorp open line, 13 13 55. We can send us a text as always, 0467 736 736. Very good morning, Zorks. How are you feeling after training yesterday? Morning, Benny. Uh, yeah, it's quite solid. Quite hot. Very hot. It was four o'clock in the afternoon. But uh, yeah, we got through. Did a little bit more than what I thought I was uh, ready for. But um, <laughs> nonetheless. Is that, a, is that a good thing? Well, I think it will be a good thing. Yeah. I'll be a little bit sore today and maybe tomorrow. But we'll be back, on the, back in the paddock tomorrow and we'll go again. But uh, yeah, it all went well enough. If you're not sore during pre-season, are you doing it right? You're absolutely doing it wrong. <laughs> you are doing it wrong if you're not. Uh, I actually felt too good after Monday's session, so I knew something was coming. Um, but, yeah, it was good. Great to be back out there with the boys. And, um, yeah, we're building. It's good. Awesome. We'll be talking to you about footy, about the season upcoming, some of your new friends uh, on board as well. We'll yes. get stuck into the lines, but we are cricket heavy today, which is we make no apologies for. Big Bash kicking off tonight and the Gabba is where it is all happening. The big show is in town. Glenn Maxwell up against Uzi, up against Marnus. Uh, Marcus Stoinis is there as well, but the big attraction, rather than the big show, yep. the big attraction is the bloke with the coolest job on the planet, Rocket Man. Rocket Man! Oh, well, that, that's it. I thought we were going to keep going Me with that. Me too. I was going to get Seeing into- as though you were a DJ yesterday, I thought you might have kept that flow. Yeah. Well, you, just, you said his name, so I had to play it. <laughs> every time. <laughs> yeah, every time. Good morning. Uh, the real Rocket Man will be... <laughs> his name is Paul Jones. He'll be in the studio with us after 8 o'clock today. There are so many questions to this bike. It's like... How does it work? Yep. How does he? How do you get into this? Yep. Yep. How do you get one? Oh, <laughs> all I know is that, that could not be cheap. It just could not be cheap. If you go on their Instagram, yeah, which I'm sure you'll plug later because I've forgotten it already. <laughs> some of the gadgets that he's got coming off his body, to, wow! Like they just cannot be cheap. He is a real life Tony Stark. He's not the only one on the planet, but he is the head instructor of Gravity Industries, the head training pilot. So he is training people to do this. How do you get involved? It may just be a UK-based thing. It may just be here. We are going to peer the curtain back and get inside the mind of Rocket Man after 8 o'clock today. Um, it, is, it is cool. It's got to be one of the coolest jobs on the planet, right? It has definitely got to be up there. I mean, you're flying. Yeah. I mean, as a kid, if all you wanted to do was fly, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I did, certainly did. And he's doing it. Like, it would be pretty amazing. Would I, you give it a go? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd like the surroundings around me to be pretty soft in case I fall. <laughs> However, I won't be, do- won't be doing it on the road. Like water? Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends. How- well, it'd have to be water. Yeah. Does, it, does it work Does it work over water? Because we know hoverboards don't work over water. Well, I... Well, <laughs> well, just ask Marty McFly, right? That's true. <laughs> well, I mean, I, 
once again, I looked on his Instagram page and they do flow over water. They actually do some pretty cool things on there. If you weren't playing footy, which is a pretty cool job, if you weren't doing that, what would you do? What would your dream job be? What would you class as a cool job? Anything on the planet? Yeah. Wow. You put me on the spot with this about 10 minutes ago. And I still didn't really think about it. <laughs> See, that, that's not on the spot now because that was 10 minutes ago. You've had time to think about this. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm so sport heavy that I, yeah, I would find myself not doing something in the sporting arena. But I, I feel like it'd be pretty cool to be a professional golfer. I really do. Playing those courses, like I just love golf. Playing those courses, playing alongside the absolute best in the world. Even when I sit opposite Pat, sometimes he talks about the golfing stories with Greg Norman and stuff. Like it just yeah. seems like an unbelievable so environment to be around. I put it to you though, the enjoyment of golf, if that is your profession and you're having to earn a living off that and it's cutthroat. It won't be enjoyable. Exactly. Exactly. So would that be a dream job to be a professional guy? Maybe, a pro- maybe the commentator, maybe a Pat Welsh, yeah. <laughs> whispering Pat. That However, could be a pretty cool job. The Rocket Man is cool, but you've got to be switched on the whole time when you're doing that as well. Like you're in the pre-building stages. I mean, you've got to be making sure everything's going. Otherwise, you're face planning. So, I mean, that's probably going to be unenjoyable as well. So, is there a dream job, Ben? I think there is. Okay. We'll, we'll find it before 9 o'clock today. With your help, 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Uh, the Suncorp Home Resilience Open Line is open to you. Stu, thank you for your text. The big attraction for the Brisbane Heat is Josh Brown, and he didn't even make the squad. Okay, we need to talk about this. I spoke to Josh Brown Monday. He, he was okay. He was. I asked him, who are you going to open with? You know, is Uzi going to be there? Is it? You're, you're scratching your head. Yeah, Josh Brown is not in town. He is not in the 14 man squad. I mean, he's in town, but he's not in the squad. He's making bats. I, I, he's making bats. He must have picked up an injury. And it's something that we will find out before nine o'clock this morning. We've got a hosts of guests coming on. We've got Barat Sanderason coming up after seven o'clock. So in about an hour's time, uh, he is Mr. Cricket as far as everywhere. He can talk through the Prime Minister's 11. He can talk through Big Bash. But more importantly, he can talk through Mitchell Johnson because well, he he, we did, he did the podcast with Mitchell Johnson I when saw we that. when we played that slice of Mitch Johnson's potty yesterday. The, yeah, from, called the Mitch Johnson Cricket Show. He was doing it with Barat Sanderson. Okay, so I I want to I want to peer behind the curtain and get Barat's take on how Mitch actually is. W- what he said on the podcast. Yes, open, raw, honest. But we weren't there. He was. Yeah. So we're going to take on that. Uh, Michael Kaspervich calling tonight's action at the Gabba. Uh, we will speak to the big man himself, Casper, the not-so-friendly ghost if you're a batsman. And, of course, Rocketman coming in after 8 o'clock today. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Zorks, the big show is in town as well. Glenn Maxwell, hasn't he turned things around? I mean, it was this time last year. They were lamenting the fact that he, he missed the entire Big Bash because of the party, oh, sorry, barbecue mishap. Mm. Call it a barbecue, call it a party. He was racing his mates in the backyard, tangled legs, bang, snap, and it could have been career over. That was a horrific injury. Mm. But look what Glenn Maxwell has done since coming back. He has turned things around magnificently. He spoke before landing in Brisbane yesterday. Um. I feel like I've probably just worked it out. I think over the last three, probably three years. Um, yeah, it's just been, I suppose, a combination of a 
made a lot of mistakes over my career and I've probably just finally learned from them and, and, and grown as a player. And, um, it helps I've had specific roles in certain teams and I've been able to just, I suppose, concentrate on that and not have to worry about too much else. Well, there we go. Glenn Maxwell, he's learnt. He uh, hasn't learnt to, where to talk. It sounded like he was talking underneath the jet engine, wasn't he? You're in a wind tunnel. I don't know what was going on there, but oh. <laughs> just as you board the plane, Glenn. Yeah, geez, that audio is good. <laughs> uh, but, but he's learnt, and, you know, he, he's got to be one of the headline acts, not only in Big Bash, but in world cricket as well. So it's um, it's going to be an amazing uh, turnout tonight at the Gabba. It's going to be hot. We're going to turn up the heat. And you've got to think, the Heat were in a final last year. Mm. They were in the grand final. And they lost. Scorches again, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Oh, scorched. And had enough of them. You can take a loss from a grand final into next season, can't you, Dane? <laughs> yes, you can. And we will. And so will the heat. There we go. Thank you. 13-13-55-0467-736-736. Uh, some rugby league news over the last 24 hours. Just as we were getting off air, they were awarding the golden boot for the best international player of the year. Are you, are you across this, Dane? The Golden Boot Award in Rugby League. It used to be for the world's best player. At the end of each year, yep. world's best. they've had to refine it now. Uh, I don't know why they had to refine it. The Golden Boot. The Golden Boot, yeah. So it's... I'm not. No, it's not like the brown low. I mean, that's the Dally M within yeah. the competition. But it, it, the Golden Boot represents the best player. It's like the Ballon d'Or Oh, yeah, soccer. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, <laughs> that's what it was. It's now been redefined to make it the best international player. So, is that out of all the games that have been played internationally for the season, yeah, or out of every yes. competition they're no, just going to pick who no, the best player is? No, from international footy. So the right. Kiwis playing the Kangaroos, okay. or England playing Tonga. So really, you've got a sample size of four teams, maybe, and three games, and three games if they've played three. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. Wondering. And out of that, you're going to get the best player in the world, or the best international player in the world. Yeah. See, I'm. I'm. I'm not a fan of how they've. Re- Who can't with that? Well, I don't know, but whoever it is should go and yeah, go outside and have a long, long, hard look at themselves. Who but won it? It was um, Fisher Harris, the Kiwi prop. Yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 I know. Okay, okay. James. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He had a good season. No, it's not about the season. <laughs> it's not about the season. He's the best player in the world, mate. He's got no, the award. It's about it's about the international footy he he played. But see, also in contention was Payne Haas. Oh, Amazing yeah. player, great season. Don't talk about the season because it's not about that. It's about the international footy he played. Uh, one of the games he played, Australia got towelled in that yeah. final. And he came off after, well, I think he played an hour in the other game. And he was in contention. He was a finalist for Golden Boot. I'm not taking anything away from James Fisher-Harris, but the Golden Boot Award, wow, that's, that has just fallen off a cliff as far as I'm concerned. But James Fisher-Harris has done that. The other news to come out of the rugby league world, Dane, and, well, I, I, I want to get your take on this from not only a sporting fan, but also as an AFL player. Yep. Um, the rugby union, rugby league, NRL, uh, fighting over the fence, whatever you want to call it, the nitpicking, um, rugby taking Joseph Suwali, that happened last year, the big bucks. Well, the NRL think they've got one back and the Roosters are trying to find a replacement for Suwali. And they have offered a contract, or it seems like they could be close to poaching. Actually, I think we've got some audio on this. The Roosters are set to snag the signature of Wallaby star Mark Nawangawitawase. Who? 
Mark Murasi. He's a wallaby winger. And it's he's got a name as long as the alphabet. There's Q's in it. There's yep. yeah. Um Nwanga Tasi. Oh now I've now I've listened to it and I can't get it out of my head. Give us the audio. <laughs> no, no, because that's wrong. <laughs> Are you going to play it again, are you? Just to, just the to... Roosters are set to snag the signature of Wallaby star no. Mark Nawangawitawase. See, we thought this would be funny That's to play. Hilarious, and, and, no, but you, having been there and done that with other names and other sportsmen, it's, it is the, one of the worst feeling. Yeah. And, yeah, we've all laughed about it. And, and now that's in my head. And I can't, and you say, can't get it say it properly. Nunga, no. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. See, now... Now that's us, right? Yeah, we'll go okay. with Mark. <laughs> Let's go with Mark from the Wallabies. <laughs> anyway, what was your question, Ben? What was my question, Dane? Okay, from an AFL point of view, you're yep. sitting back watching rugby implode. You're watching the NRL rugby take on each other, spat. And it, is it mm. just get the popcorn out and sit back and watch this? Or is there, yeah, is there, is there a sense of like, come on, boys? We're all in this together. We're all athletes in footy codes in this country. Uh, yeah, well, I just remember when um, Carmichael Hunt and uh, Israel Folau both joined the AFL and what they were getting offered to come and play our code was ridiculous money, really, to come for, for two guys that have never really played the game before, mm. or if at all. Um, I guess from a league and union point of view, they're similar. There's a lot of, obviously, technical things that are different. But the the code change is not that too different. And we know Joseph used to play um, rugby union before he went to league. So, I mean, that change isn't too much. I don't know how much Mark. I'm going to twice. There we go. We're on. Yeah, there we go. We're how on. much league he's played. But for these guys to come over on big money deals is not not too bad. But if when Israel and Carmichael Hunt certainly came to AFL and were getting million dollars to play. Mm. As some of the best players in the AFL weren't even on that sort of coin. It was sort of a hard pill to swallow to some degree. And even, I mean, Joseph's contract at the Wallabies is enormous and you've got star players there that, that wouldn't even be on that sort of money. So it's certainly a hard pill to swallow for a lot of those guys. But um, I'm just going back to timing of that. Was that around the, was that around the time <laughs> you, you came in? Yeah. So, I mean, I was there going, well, these guys haven't played before and I, I at least know how to play. Yeah. So it's, yeah. It, and and they're, they're, I mean, I know they were brought in on, on different. Yeah, I know it's different contracts and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But and the money was still there. But they're taking a spot as well, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, well, they might not have been taking a spot necessarily. They could have been, uh, there's so many different category rookies and yeah. stuff like that. Um, however, yeah, it was it's still, if, if you were one of the best players at that time and you're not on nowhere near the sort of money that those guys were and you're playing every week, you're sort of thinking, well, wow, like, How's this, how's this even possible? So I can sort of see how union players and league players could be a little bit disgruntled if these guys are coming on lucrative deals and, and, and not even playing yet. And that's coming from someone at the elite level or knocking on the door of it, and then you've got the kids watching, wanting to be like a, 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 you know, a Dane's Orco, and then all of a sudden, well, hang on, this guy, or, a, or a, give me a wallaby back. <laughs> yeah, you, you want to be like a, a Carter Gordon or a, uh, or a Will Gennier, and all of a sudden they're poaching players that have, haven't played the game before and bringing them in and yeah. you know, what hope me? 
Yeah, correct. Uh, Vanessa's thinking, what hope me trying to get a news update here because it's it's 18 minutes past six, almost 19 minutes past six. Vanessa, very good morning to you. Good morning. Great to be here on a Thursday. Now, I don't know about you guys at the moment, but I can't go into my backyard without being absolutely attacked by mosquitoes at the moment. They have been so bad and councils are saying, yes, we've had a huge influx in people calling up to complain. Um, They, experts are saying it's not just mosquitoes, mosquitoes and midges, but also things like flying ants, termites and flies on the rise. So basically all of these insects are being inundated. And those mozzies are Jurassic Park, right? They are enormous. Pterodactyl style. Yes, absolutely. So they're saying we've had actually a pretty good run over the past 18 months with low numbers, but the conditions at the moment the heat, the humidity, the timing of the rain and the hatching is they are really bad. But, you know, I've seen this chopper come out and spray a couple of times over the last couple of weeks. So hopefully they can um, attack them. But yes, if that's the case at your place, you're not alone. Now, Ben, you've been waiting all week for this Mm. because we spoke earlier in the week about Time Magazine's shortlist for their person of the year. Oh, that big one. It's been announced. Oh, drum roll. Who have we got? Is is, is it the Hollywood Strikers? (laughs) No. Have you heard of Hollywood Strikers? No. No. What sport do they play? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, I, seriously, I thought it was a sporting team. It's not. No, no it's, the, it's the people who went on strike in, in Hollywood. Hollywood. The Hollywood Riders strike. <laughs> oh, dear, yes. Hey, don't worry. Okay. I, I was exactly the same. He, it's team. not yeah. them. It's Taylor Swift. Oh, yep. None other. Yeah. I mean, she has had an absolutely mammoth year, hasn't she, with her stadium yeah. tour, her relationship with Travis Kelsey. Well, that's when she really came um, on the scene, didn't she? No. Over the last eight to ten no. weeks with Trav. He I'm has not- nothing to do with her success. Uh, Tell you what, if I'm Taylor Swift, though, I'm, I'm bumping up security. Mm. Wasn't Vladimir Putin in the running for this? Uh, do you think Vlad's going to be... Oh, he's going to he be... Was. Oh. Yeah. Hey, right, where's this? Barbie might be coming after her, too. Oh. Barbie oh. didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> there's yeah. a contest you want to see. There's a fight. Yeah. There's 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 the battle yeah. if you want to see Barbie v Taylor Look, Swift. I'm sure there's probably a Taylor Swift Barbie. To be honest, you know, they bring out all sorts of... And if there's not, there should be. Yes. Yeah. And look, just quickly to wrap it up, we do have the list of 2023 top pet names of the year. So if you're getting a new pet for Christmas, here's some ideas oh. for you. We've gone back to, to more traditional human type names because food names were actually very popular last year. Um, but in the dogs, we've got names like Poppy and Tilly for the girls, Buddy and Max for the dogs. In cats, we've got names like Luna Daisy, Charlie, and Henry. From Luna to Henry, that's mm. a way. Yes. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, not for me. No. <laughs> Animals. Nah. Oh, you don't have a pet? Oh, no way. Really? No way. Why? No way. Why? I have He's to look father after my. Father I have to look after yeah. my children. I don't yeah. need animals to run around after <laughs> <Okay>. as well. <laughs> my goodness, no, nah, no way. And it's hard because my what is she, seventeen month year old, in love with dogs. Yeah. In okay. Lo- oh yeah. my goodness, we can't go anywhere with her to grabbing yeah. a dog Bit off obsessed. the shelf at a yeah. at a Kmart or whatever. Mm-hmm. But no way. Okay. And that's the argument at our place as well. I'm outnumbered. It's four against one about yeah. getting a pet, but. Dane just said you can't go anywhere. You can probably stop that sentence there. If you've got a pet, you can't go anywhere. Otherwise, yeah, they... You just get a pet sitter. No, that's another hassle. No. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> okay. yeah. Are, are you no. that friend? Forget yeah, really? I've got a dog friend? and a cat and nine chickens. Um, and who looks after them when you go away? 
Yeah, just whoever, friends, you know, oh, friends, family, no. whatever. You sort it out. No, no, it's no pets are the best. It's the best. Like my kids adore our dog. Like yeah, he, you know, yeah. they become a big part of the family. And I'm sure they do, but no. He's got an advent calendar. <laughs> Oh and every goodness. day we oh <laughs> give him his little doggy advent calendar. It's so now cute. Now when I give my kids my he advent calendar it. when I go home this morning. <laughs> Don't accidentally get the dog treat one. The, oh, my God. Oh. It's adorable. He no. loves it. No. What would be happening? No, it's a ban. We've put a ban on advent calendars for pets. <laughs> Vanessa, thank you. Thank you. We're going to put a ban on you. You come back any time. 23 minutes past 6, 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. We will talk some sport eventually after straight after this. Uh, one man who was all over cricket in this state, in this country and the world. Maybe he's got the best job in the world. Maybe. Zorks, yes. He's also the unashamed president of the Michael Noosa fan club. I'm speaking of none other than Barrett Sanderace and his on the phone. Barrett, very good morning to you. What a week it has been in the cricketing world, especially here in Australia. Good morning. Uh, good morning, guys. Yeah, it certainly has been. Uh, and not just on the field, off the field, uh, former teammates at war, uh, bat-offs in the middle. I mean, we used to see the bat-off. But most importantly, Michael Nisa playing cricket. Like you said, hashtag Nisa must play is back on the road. <laughs> hashtag Nisa must play, exactly. And look, we're hoping he does play tonight at the Gabba. The, the idea behind this, he was selected for the Prime Minister's eleven, uh, but was pulled out because he was a bit sore uh, after oh. playing the Shield match. But the reason he could play tonight is it's, well, it's four overs bowling as opposed to four days in the field for the Prime Minister's 11. Let's tap into the teammates at War, Barrett, because you have been front and centre at this. I mean, I guess you've been a bit like the UN, uh, the, the, the peacekeeper, the, the overseer, because when Mitchell Johnson spoke after his column on his podcast – you were there in the room with him asking the questions. We've heard what Mitchell Johnson's got to say. What, what I'd like to get from you, Barrett, just the, the feel, the vibe. H- how is he? How's he holding up? What was, his, what, was his, what was he like in person? Mm. Uh, no, I mean, look, uh, you're right. Um, I was Switzerland. I've always been Switzerland, though, in a good way. I've never <laughs> been there, but, like, yeah, that's the role I play uh, generally in life. But, uh, no, this is... Look, we've been doing the podcast for over a year now. It's a podcast about his life, his times in cricket, and it is a fascinating life. Let's just uh, face it. Uh, but I think once the, that article came out, uh, we just had to, you know, we had to uh, talk about the, the elephant in the room, or like I said somewhere else, it felt like a, a herd of elephants just sitting in our room. Um, and uh, it was more about giving him a, a voice to. Uh, or he already has the voice, but giving him the platform to talk about why he wrote the piece and were the elements in it that, uh, you know, looking back, he would have left out or he should have left out. Uh, and, and on the face of it, I, I told him very honestly that I don't agree with his opinions, but that's the beauty of opinions, right? Everybody has one and um, you are allowed to stick by it. Uh, yeah, and I think he was he was pretty genuine. He was honest and he, he, he made himself pretty vulnerable as well, like he always does. That's, that's, uh, uh, was one thing, one reason we really do get along about how um, open and transparent he is with how he's feeling. And uh, yeah, I mean, he, obviously you could make out that, uh, you know, there were uh, some aspects of it, the messages he received from those two, David Warner and George Bailey, um, had not gone down well with him. And that kind of reflected in the personal angle to that piece. Uh, 
uh, which in hindsight he said the tone could have been different. That's the thing. It's a, it's a fair grudge to hold. I mean, that was back in, what, April that, that those texts came through and they haven't been able to sort it out. I know David Warner's had a fair bit on his play, but it, it, do you think, Barrett, that there could be a chance of burying this, of sorting it out, or is this just going to keep simmering along for uh, time mm. and eternity? Uh, hopefully not. Uh, look, uh, you know, these are guys who spend time on the road as brothers. You know, they've, they've won World Cups, won Ashes series, and um, did so much together. Uh, and just because they're not in that dressing room anymore together doesn't mean that, you know, these kind of um, uh, issues can't be sorted out in the long run. Because, you know, the bigger picture, uh, the, these are minor squabbles, if you think about it, right? But yes, they can get a little personal. And, and I think we've all experienced it in our respective workplaces where, uh, you know, or, or in our dressing rooms that we've been part of where we just don't get along with some people. Yes, on the on the field, once you go past that, that rope, uh, if you're playing cricket, uh, you'll give your life to your teammate. Uh, but does not mean that you have to be best of friends off the field. But, uh, you know, but just it, the ugliness ne- uh, needs to be sorted out in, in the long run. Uh, because, like I said, like that's how I think about it anyway. But that's what makes this resilient. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, Barrett Sandrason, our guest this morning, uh, talking all things cricket, front and centre with the Mitchell Johnson podcast uh, after his column on David Warner. Uh, Barrett, you just said you, you didn't agree with, with Mitch. Which which parts, all of it, um, you're saying David Warner should be front and centre and should be able to be afforded his farewell? Oh, I totally do. Uh, look, I was at the Ashes and uh, I know you can look at his numbers and say, oh, look, he's not... Uh, really pulled his weight, especially uh, because you, he's been opening alongside Osman Khawaja, whose numbers have been extraordinary in the last 18 uh, months or so, ever since he became an opener, ever since he made that dramatic comeback at uh, uh, the SCG against uh, England uh, two summers ago. But uh, I, I saw what he did in, in England during the Ashes. I mean, his contributions, even though he didn't get a big score, David Warner's uh, uh, impetus that he provided to the mm. innings uh, allowed Usman Khawaja to just bat the way he does uh, and, and gave Australia some crucial starts in a country where opening the batting has been the most difficult in the last five years. And, uh, and by that, I mean England. Uh, so I thought he had done enough. And it also, look, I know people have said, oh, there are three guys waiting in the wings, but uh, none of those three have really broken the door down, haven't they? I mean, yes, Cam Bancroft has been averaging really uh, in, the, in the high 50s, but he's had a taste of test cricket before. The selectors know what he has to offer. So, and it's it's a case of three more test matches. And, you know, David Warner, in my opinion, is one of the, the, the all-time greats for not just in Australian cricket, in world cricket. Um, and, and whether you want to call it a farewell or not, uh, at the moment, if he wants to play three more tests, you just give him three more tests. I totally agree, Barr. I, I couldn't agree more with you on that. You mentioned those three guys. If you were to pick one right now to come and replace Dave as we speak, who do you think would be leading that? Oof. Among just if if you ask me to stick to those three, um, uh, I I think I'll go with Matt Renshaw, and the only reason I say Matt Renshaw is the the way he's been able to evolve his batting in the last few years. Yes, he spent uh, what three seasons in the middle order, where I thought he really improved his play against spin um, on Australian pitches. For now, uh, yes, I mean you, you throw him into the deep end like Australia did on those rank turners in India. I think most people would get found out. Uh, but I just think he has the gears to his game to complement Usman Khawaja because, yes, I mean, you can look at numbers of uh, for e- each one of those guys, but what is most important or what will be most important for the next 12 months or next 14, 16 months anyway, till the time Khawaja continues with Test cricket is 
who who complements him at the other end and that's why the kawaja warner combination works they they did that beautifully for each other so i think that that will be uh, as crucial a factor as any uh, but if you want to look outside those three i've always felt cam green as the temperament and the technique to go and open the batting and number 6 just doesn't has never seemed like the right position for him there's a lot of talk of him going up to number 4 but steve smith's not giving that up anytime soon Yeah, exactly right. Hey, Barrett, before we go, uh, Prime Minister's 11, what have you made of Pakistan? Their uh, first look at Australian conditions yesterday. Uh, Australian conditions, which would have felt a lot like Pakistan, hot day, flat pitch. Yeah. And I'm so glad Michael Nisa is not playing that game. <laughs> It didn't look like a pitch you want to be bowling, bowling on. But no, great sign. I mean, always good to have a Pakistan team or any team uh, and the visiting captain scoring runs uh, in the lead up, in, in the warm up game. looked so much drama unfolding behind the scenes in Pakistan cricket like always uh, but at least they have uh, inshan masood someone who's measured and is calm and cool and he's got runs behind his back but the, that uh, pitch at the optus next week will feel nothing like what they faced at canberra uh, but at least it's good that they carry some confidence into that game Yeah, exactly right. I'm just looking at David Warner's numbers against Pakistan too, Zorks. What about this? Uh, averages um, uh, around 45 uh, in Test cricket against Pakistan. That average, 83 and yeah. a half. So the mm. last time they were out here, the triple century, 335 not. And before that, at the Gabba against Pakistan, the first Test was 150 odd. David Warner, I'm just trying to remember. So he goes all right against Pakistan. As so does Barrett Centre Race and Barrett. Appreciate your time this morning. Thank you for stepping us through it and peering behind the curtain. Uh, speaking of pace. Let's bring in one of the best for Australia. Yeah. See, that's, that's what we call a segue, Zorks. Uh, he has done it all for Queensland and Australia, and he's now doing it on SEN tonight. I'm speaking of none other than SEN's own Michael Kaspervich, ready to call the Big Bash tonight. Casper, uh, very good morning to you. It is going to be an epic start to the summer with the heat and the stars tonight. Oh, it's going to be great, isn't it? I think from last season... when uh, the heat came i think they came fifth on the ladder but then managed to win every game in those knockout semis and all the rest of it whatever they call them qualifiers and got themselves into the final over in perth 50,000 people but unfortunately weren't able to get over the line then but i'm sure as i think jimmy pearson said um we have the belief this year I'm looking forward to it. Casper, they've just got to start better, don't they? I mean, traditionally heat is such slow starters. I mentioned it yesterday to Usman on on air. We just start so slow. I mean, you can't afford to do that with the shorter season now. No, no you can't, and certainly you can't come from fifth anymore because I think they changed the the finals um series where it's just the top four. Mm. And um and through that some machination machination. So, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. You want to start flying. I think from a player's point of view too. You just want to, you know, start running and that momentum takes you through. Um, the Scorchers, the Perth team, they've been on fire for many years and it seems to be their, uh, their theory and they've been doing it for well for, for so long. Casper, uh, one person you will not be calling tonight is Josh Brown. Uh, he burst onto the scene last year and has uh, taken the game and our imagination by storm. That the bat maker uh, who plays uh, plays in the northern suburbs, but Josh has been squeezed out of the squad. So a 14 man squad named, and he's been squeezed out on a technicality. And, and I'll read you through the uh, the reasons why. So under the Big Bash technical rules. Local replacement players 
Uh, it's a term that when with, with the comings and goings out of teams because of test call-ups, national duties, the internationals that, that come in and out, they may be here for four games, six games, whatever it may be, you can get a local replacement player to come in and play in your squad. They're doing that, and they've had to sign a few because of those on duty with the Prime Minister's 11. We know that Jimmy Pearson's down there. Uh, we know Nathan McSweeney, Matt Rachel. Renshaw. Exactly. Uh, last hour, I spoke to you about a, a young bloke who'd played under-19s for Australia called Lockie Hearn. He's 22 now. He's had been signed with the Thunder and played some first-class cricket in New South Wales. Hasn't played Big Bash yet, but has been on the Thunder's books. Well, he is in the squad tonight because under the local replacement player rule, you, you need to name them uh, one of those replacements in the actual squad. So the Heat have got three at the moment, and, and one of them has to be named because they've been brought in to cover someone who's out. They can't just be brought in and and basically, you know, biding time, sitting on the bench. So yes. because of that rule, that technical or technicality, someone had to drop out of the squad who they'd normally have, and that is Josh Brown. That was a really long way of saying it, but it's a long and complicated... No, but that's that's the rules. A local replacement player, you have to name one of them in your squad. You just can't have them sitting there sort of warming the warming the pine. So, Casper, after all that, who are you looking forward to tonight calling and seeing in action? Mate, I'm still processing all of that. <laughs> it, was like a, um, it was like you were um, explaining a, an Excel spreadsheet to me. Or the Duckworth Law System, either one. Well, all, those, all the rest of it, I know. I and mean, we love to complicate it, don't we? Let's throw some rules and <laughs> technicalities in there and just to really mess with everyone's head because I think that's what it's doing. Bo- bo- bottom line, those? if you're doing super coach, Josh Brown should be back for Saturday for the second game. So where's that down in Adelaide, isn't it? So he, someone had to miss out because of the technicality of bringing in a local replacement player and this time around it's Josh Brown. So there we go. Casper, uh, who are you looking forward to tonight? Oh look, I'm um, I'm looking forward to um, uh, to Woodsy. I reckon. Yeah. I think that's he's going to be fantastic, Jack. Um, really exciting um, talent. He's come through. Oh, look, he actually grew up out of Laidley. Um, his oh man, his father um, is um, one of Andy Bickle's great mates. He grew up with him. And just I was about to say that's Bickle country. They're all related, aren't they? I, and no, I, that no, didn't no. That, that came out the wrong way, but you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? <laughs> but I think what what it's done is it's a great example of. Um, I reckon he's a great example. I'm really hoping that he goes well. Mm. This I had a little bit to do with him, and I've known him for years. But the fact that you know he had this tally came out and and right at the start, and then he's off, he's out, he's out of the squad. Sorry, he didn't quite cut it. He's gone away now. He went and played in Darwin in the competition up there. Yep. Um, the top end sort of um, series and the 50 over one, but also the 2020 and blitzed it. He came back and all these little 2020 sort of competitions that are around the place. He's really come in and I realised, I heard you earlier this morning talk about his guitar skills and the way that he's he's learnt that and good way to chill out. Maybe that's what sort of helped him out a bit too, just to step away and and not be too concerned with performance. But I'm really looking forward to, to Jack. Um, oh, look, I think Always the bowlers. Uh, <laughs> There's no shot. biases there at all. <laughs> a quick well, cut. I am because, well, it, well, it is. And the reason being that um, it all looks like, um, yeah, it's a batsman's game and all these rules getting changed in 2020. It's the simple format of 2020. Mate, it's not, it's not that hard, is it, for a batsman? Like you go there, you play a big shot, you get out, you're just doing your job. 
as a bowler, you go there and bowl, you just stand around for an hour and a half with people absolutely heaping shit on you. <laughs> you go, well, you're stuck on the field, whereas if Matson, mate, no problem, go and sit behind the fence in a nice air-conditioned um, viewing room and you, and you got away with it, just doing your job. So I, I, I love to see the way, not so much, I'm joking with that, because I think we've seen the way the bat, obviously um, the confidence the batsmen have, obviously kind of, when I say smaller boundaries, better bats, whatever it is, mm. but it's up to the bowlers to adapt um, to uh, for evolution, if you like, to come in and find a way. And we've seen that in the past with different types of slower balls, slower bounces, the wider Yorker, um, all these differences have come into the game. So I like to say the evolution of, of uh, the bowlers um, coming back to, to, the, to the bat. Uh, Casper, one other thing you were seeing tonight, and you're talking about doing your job, one of the dream jobs, I think, on the planet would be Rocket Man. And he is in the building right now after the news at 8 o'clock. We'll be speaking to Rocket Man. But, geez, you've got to be looking forward to, to seeing him scoot across the Gabba about two stories up. Ten years ago was the last time he was there, Casper. Can you believe that? I can because I was there. I remember oh. <laughs> how loud. How loud was it? That's the other side of it. It's just extraordinary. The, the noise that makes, um, never mind the neighbours, Zorko, around, <laughs> around the Gabba. <laughs> With the lights and stuff like that, it's one of those things. But um, oh, look, it's, it's great, isn't it? And I think that's the whole idea of the whole idea of the Big Bash. Um, the format was families come along, enjoy the event, the entertainment. Mm. And I think down one of the things my oh, long long dreams for for the format, being a massive fan, obviously of Test cricket, the form of that form of the game because it's the purest, best form of skill is the fact that 2020 as a game, as that's, it's just it's going to introduce the game to a whole new audience. We've rebranded cricket, put on a shelf for a whole new audience, and one day when they keep coming along and with Rocket Man, with the fireworks, with DJ Chelsea, I think, is also on uh, pre-game. <laughs> with all that entertainment, it means that you know, people come along and they'll start to appreciate the skills that goes on and then eventually turn into a if you like, a customer, a fan of the longer form of the game because test cricket is where the best. Exactly. Get them in the gates, get them watching, get them listening to it on the radio tonight. You'll be able to do that here. Casper calling all the action between the Heat and the Stars, SENQ 693, the Gold Coast 1620, and, of course, the SEN app. Good luck and calling, Casper. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. The new and improved version of Rocket Man. Rocket Man 2.0. And in the studio joining us right now, Zorks, how good is this? Rocket <sighs> Men. The coolest so jobs cool. on the planet. Paul Jones is a jet suit pilot. I guess that is the technical term. He's also the head of flight training for Gravity Industries in the UK. And he's brought along his good mate. He's also a jet suit pilot, Ryan Hopgood. Paul, Ryan, firstly, welcome to our great city, our great state, our great country. But how great is your job? Please. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having us. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here in Brisbane. Um, it's actually our first time in Australia as well, so we're really excited to be here and we feel really welcome. So, yeah, thank you. We are made of questions, aren't we, Zorks? <laughs> There's a lot of hows we are going to ask you. First of all... I've almost questioned them all out of after that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, does it, how does it work? I mean, you're the modern-day Tony Stark's Iron Man suits and uh, how does being in a jet suit work? So it's a very simple bit of kit when you break it down, actually. So we use these miniature jet engines like you have on an aeroplane, um, and we're simply using those to just balance. So we pull the power in, and then we're simply balancing on the thrust of these jet engines to hold us stable. And then once you get good at it, you can use it to your advantage and then fly around. So 
Very simple. Seven jet yes. engines. Yeah, seven. Yeah. So you have two on each arm and then three on the back. So and how many have you got now? Um, suits in total. Yeah. Um, about ten now, I believe, Brian. Yeah. yeah we're at, we're at ten now. We've got two with us here today. Um, the you know we're flying one at the Gabba later. Got a spare one just in case. But yeah. And, and that's why there's two of you because being a a live show and if there is a yeah heaven forbid a malfunction or it doesn't start you've yeah. got yeah, one in reserve the, ready to go yeah exactly that in the very slim chance that something does go wrong um we just don't want to mess up the show for the gather really so we've we've come prepared <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's get that question out of the road Zorks. yeah because yeah, it's the one you've been asking all day what about how loud it is no what if it goes wrong yeah has, well, has it gone wrong has it gone how many times has your fault i mean surely there has to have been some accidents over the time yeah for sure so definitely in the early days um when we were testing everything like that um when it was very much an early prototype then there was a little bit of an issue um but nowadays it's so reliable i mean how many times do you get on an airplane and think about the engine's not working no it doesn't oh, every, you don't naturally think about it a lot right because yeah. you, you've put that trust in the technology so um it's a very reliable bit of kit and with all our pre-flight checks and safety regulations and everything like that we make sure it's all okay and we've performed what four flights now and everything's been fine oh, yeah. they're all good um, so, yeah, we're all set. So four, we'll be fine. four flights at the Gabba? You've, yeah, so far, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah two so test flights. Oh, no, four test flights and one media shoot. So, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. been five flights now. So, yeah, doing all right. <laughs> first first time in a stadium as well that you've actually... For us too, yeah. 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 The company's uh, done a few before. But yeah. But uh, this is our first time and it's been incredible so far. And I think Paul's really looking forward to tonight. Oh, it's going to be great. Yeah. Well, where have you then flown in the past? So it's not uncommon to do sporting events, is it? But first time in a stadium. So where else would you have flown? Yeah, definitely. So we, uh, our kind of like range of what we do is quite, there's a big plethora of stuff that we do. So everything from air shows all the way down to flying at the Formula One um, in Austria, um, all the way down to private events. So it kind of really does depend. Um, but yeah, lots of kind of sporting related stuff. Um, but it doesn't have to be. First time in a stadium. All right. So the, what for us but, though? Yeah, 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 yeah. But so what are the what are the things you, that that would change? For, actually, you've probably got something to run into. I suppose <laughs> that, that would be one thing. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Try not to fly into the stands. Yeah. <laughs> Excite the crowd. Keep yeah, yeah. Distance. It'll be a little bit too much then. Um, but yeah, um, it, it's it's a lovely wide area that Gabra. It's a fantastic stadium. Um, so it's got a lot of lo- loads of space, lots of good takeoff spots. So yeah, it's going to be quite fun. Yeah, for the kids and the parents. I mean, how loud are we expecting this? But you said you got. Pretty much seven jet engines on your arms. Yeah. Mm. How do you guys deal with that sort of noise and that pressure on your ears? So we, we use ear protection, um, and on top of that, we have a helmet. But a lot of the noise goes away from us. It is incredibly loud from, you know, uh, outside point of view. You're going to want some fingers in your ears, I think. <laughs> you, you said off air that you could drown out an F1 car. Oh, yeah, easily. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, the other yeah, Gabra as well, as it's a... Uh, as it's a nice big oval, um, all of the noise kind of shoots up into the sky. Well, look, I've played there in front of a full house, right? Yeah. <laughs> the noise stays inside the oh, stadium. amazing. <laughs> I'm telling you now, I've got goosebumps thinking about it Brilliant. in some of the games that we've yeah. been involved. The noise, it's one of the stadiums that I've played at where the noise is on top of you. Like, Brilliant. you do not... Oh, well, you we'll, can't hide from it. We'll cause some excitement. Yeah, we'll we'll yeah, give definitely. them a run for their money. I've That's heard Aussie crazy. fans are pretty, uh, pretty up there, so we'll, uh, we'll give them a run. Oh, they're going to love it. Paul Jones, Ryan Hobgood, our guests this morning. They are rocket men, jet suit pilots. Uh, again, the house, the house. How do you... How do you even get into doing something like this? Paul, I'm going to start with you. Yes. Um, so 
I, I'm actually going to pass this off to Ryan because I actually got involved through my colleague here. So, oh, okay. Ryan, Ryan kind of got Fly me involved. Flying Ryan. So, All right. Exactly. Right. So I'll, I'll kind of pass over to Ryan and then I can explain from there. Yeah, so um, as Paul said, I got him involved. We've known each other for a long time outside of this and uh, luckily we've been able to go through this journey together, which is pretty cool. But I'm an ex-gymnast. Um, was a gymnast in the age of four, like elite standard, all the way up to the age of 24. Uh, years ago, back in, I think, 20, 2018, I got an email from our founder, Richard Browning, and he was looking for pilots. He was looking for people who are lightweight, aerially aware, strong, and he thought, oh, you know, gymnast, perfect for that. So he sent an email out to, like, a huge range of people, and I was the only person to reply. I literally met him the following morning, and, uh, yeah, the journey progressed from there. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty so cool. yeah, a lucky awesome. email. Yeah, that's a it. lucky email. Not a scam either. No, no, yeah. that's, that's, that's the thing. That's the thing. It's, it was a bit of a weird email. So, like, <laughs> would you like, to, as well? would you yeah, like yeah. to fly click on this link? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. exactly. yeah, you ended up um, ringing me on the way home, actually. Um, and he was like, you would never believe what I've just done. And I was and like, he no, could I, not I could not it. guess it. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't believe it. Um, and then he was like, yeah, he's looking for other people to get involved. And then he was quite fortunate to to offer me a kind of into the company um, and then I spent a very long time emailing people in the company going when can I come see it I want to see it yeah. nothing else I wanted to do and then spent a lot of time kind of chasing to be involved and then turning up for free helping out back in the early days when it was not really a, a solid company it was very very early stages not many people involved um, and then through turning up for free for well, a thousand hours got fired from like two three jobs um, eventually developed my own kind of little role in the company and now we're doing it together so it's been a long journey but it's just the start so exciting Head of Flight Training for Gravity Industries that's, sure. a, that's, a, that's a fair thing to put on, on LinkedIn uh, you mentioned about <laughs> yeah. being lightweight for sure yeah so that rules me out so I have to now oh, look not for another all. drink please <laughs> okay well what is there a way no, no engine so, engines for you yeah so <laughs> that's very quite kind. simply is you're putting out a load of power right so yeah. it needs to have enough power to, to lift you and the suit itself mm. and then if it's a hotter temperature country like like here um the engines are struggling a little bit more so you need a bit more power um however if you're like ryan ryan's a lot lighter than me so he runs less power than i do um i've been eating too much uh, too much food um but with our new technology coming out we've actually got power more powerful engines coming soon so we'll be able to lift heavier pilots um but when you're learning you don't there's not a weight limit you know yeah because you're not actually flying when you're learning um we kind of develop it up slowly over a couple of uh, days training how high Mm. Can you get or do you get? Are you allowed to get? And how fast can you go? And the range. How, yeah, for until sure. it runs out. All yeah. very good questions. So um, height limit, um, there's not really a height limit to it. It doesn't work on ground proportion or, or ground effect or anything. Um, it's quite simply if you vector your arms down, which means you push your arms down, um, you just shoot up to the sky. So we could do about 6,000 <laughs> feet if you wanted to. However, that would be extremely dangerous. <laughs> so we tend to terrain hug when we fly. So, you know, keeping ourselves not too high off the ground, making sure that if there is an incident, that we're only falling a couple of feet off the ground and it will be no worse than a motorbike accident, if not a lot better, because we never travel too too fast. Um, so Hang on, think, you've got seven jets strapped to you. You're yeah, going sure. fast, yeah, right? But well, it's you, your yeah. in control, so okay. you can keep it pretty, pretty tame. There's no brakes. So. Oh, there well, is. Well, you use, use your, your arms. arms. If yeah. you point them in the opposite direction, you go the opposite direction of where you point them. So if you're traveling forwards, you tend to have your arms behind you. If you want to come in for breaks, you just whack your arms in front of you and it slows you down. Do you know anything, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> makes on. sense. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> makes sense once you explain it, but sure, right. <laughs> so the owner's done 86 miles an hour before. 
Um, so our, our founder and chief test pilot, Richard Browning, um, he's done 86 miles an hour a few years back. So that's about, um, what, 140 k? Yeah, about, about that, yeah. yeah. Um, and that was with a less powerful suit. Um, but like Rich, uh, Ryan was saying earlier, um, it was using kind of like a wingsuit to kind of help propel that and give you more lift. Because um, as you start flying that fast, your body actually starts transitioning into a horizontal position. So you end up being in almost like a planche position. I don't know if you know what a planche yeah, is. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So you end up flying in a planche shape as you're flying it wow. that fast. It's insane. Um, but again, stupidly fast. Um, <laughs> quite dangerous. Ground. Yeah, um, so not, not too good. Um, we have about a four and a half minute flight time. So it doesn't sound like a lot, but you can do quite a lot of distance in that kind of time. Um, we're kind of limited on, on a lot of different factors. So how much fuel we can carry, mm. um, how much the pilot weighs and, yeah, um, and the air density and everything like that. But four and a half minutes is about what you can do. What's a fuel by? Jet fuel? Or is that a stupid question? Yeah. No, jet fuel, yeah. But it also runs on diesel. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. 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 See, I, I, you know what I'm picturing now? <laughs> Top I, it up. I, I'm <laughs> picturing Ghostbusters. You know when they put the packs on for the first time and they're yeah. wearing a nuclear power plant on their pack? And I'm thinking, I'm strapping jets to me. Jet fuel, there's seven of them. I, I don't that's know. That's, funny. Yeah. that's how I felt the first time I did it. Yeah, but like good. now we've been around the kit so much, like it's actually really safe. Oh, what's, yeah. what's it weigh? Uh, it's about 30 kg once mm. it's got like a full tank of fuel. Mm. So but, when you're flying, you'd, do you feel weight? Uh, yeah, the, yeah, the second you pull in that accelerator, like it all lifts itself anyway. So it's yeah. actually easier to fly it than it is to walk around with it on your back. Okay. Oh, definitely. Yep. We are made of questions this morning. Rocket That's men, and plural, in the, the studio with us tonight. You'll see them uh, at the Gabber if you're heading down. Make sure you get your tickets today. Ticket Tech at the Brisbane Heat. They kick off Big Bash for 2023-24. It's against the Melbourne Stars. That's the sideshow. The big show <laughs> is Glenn Maxwell. The bigger show are these two blokes right here in front of us, Ryan, Ryan Hopgood and Paul Jones. Uh, they are rocket men. Uh, now, boys, th there's actually practical applications for this. I mean, we're talking entertainment, we're talking sport, yep. but there's, there's practical applications for this, Definitely, isn't Definitely, yeah. Um, we're trying to have a, a big plethora of stuff that we do. So um, applications, are obviously, there's military use, um, search and rescue, something that we're really uh, a big fan of trying to push. Um, so imagine you're a paramedic and you need to get to a casualty in a first response situation as soon as possible um, if you're in certain terrain that you can't get to. For example, mountains. Um, mountains are extremely difficult terrains to, to approach. Um, and for an example, um, there's a mountain in, in the United Kingdom called Helvellyn. Um, it's around an hour and 20 minute response to get to the top. So if you have a heart attack or you need open heart surgery for some reason, mm. it's an extremely long walk to get there. Now you could say, oh, just fly a helicopter in. It's like, yeah, you can do that. Um, but 85% of the year there, you can't land a helicopter because of the low cloud cover. Um, we can fly up there in three and a half minutes. And that was first try at 25 miles an hour. Now, going back to us doing 86 miles an hour, yeah, right. three and a half minutes, that's an extremely fast period of time. So if you need to get to a casualty as soon as possible to stabilize that situation, there's nothing else that can get to there as quick as we can. So trials, or is that in play in the um, UK right now? It's kind of in play. It's it's on the fence at the moment. Um, yeah. We're working with lots of different search and rescue um, companies across the UK. Um, and we do have a paramedic that is flying now and that has wow. done a few um, test exercises. Wow. And hopefully early next year, we will be having them on call, ready to go and try and uh, beat that response time, which we definitely can do. Mm. Have you got, you've got more questions, Orcs. I know this. Well, do we need to get a break or what, what, what are we... 
Oh, okay. I've been told we need to get to a break. Uh, actually, if, you, <laughs> if, you've, if you've got questions, if you've got questions for the boys... Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, fire them in. Yeah, yeah, fire them in. Exactly. 13, 13, 50. How rude are we? We're hogging them yeah, to our I know. <laughs> <laughs> 13, 13, 55 uh, is the Suncorp Home Resilience open line. Oh, you can send us a text as well, 0467 736 736. We haven't even asked if they can stay. But they're captives now, so they will be. Yeah. They'll be here for your pleasure, our pleasure as well. We've got time. 17 <laughs> minutes past eight here on SENQ, your new home of sport. Ah, oh, and we are just open for anything this morning. The joining us in the studio, the Rocket Men themselves, Paul Jones and Ryan Hopgood. Tonight, they will be at the Gabba for Zorks one Night only. <laughs> the disappointment on this man's face that was 60 priceless. seconds yeah. ago when he found out that Rocketman is only here tonight at the Gabba. So if you haven't got your tickets, Ticketek, even though there are five home matches for the Heat at the Gabba this year or this summer, tonight is the night for Rocketman. I'm disappointed. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I'm not there tonight. Well, you I was planning on time. taking the kids to another game. You can still come. Yeah, well, going to have to make some calls, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> or, or Hang on. Well, what time are we on tonight? What time are we teeing off? Hang on, teeing off? Half time. Yeah, yeah half time. The innings yeah, break. The innings, the innings break. break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's about 7, 7.30, I think. It's 7.45. Yeah, about yeah. that, yeah. Mm. Uh, I'll see what I can do. Oh, here we go, here we go. Here we well, go. What, time, what time do you have to It'll be, be at training it. in the morning? Oh, it's early. I'll probably have to leave home, you know, quarter to six, which isn't too bad. I mean, that's yeah. all right. But two kids got to put them to bed. You know, they're not going to get there. Oh, oh it's, <laughs> tough. Dude, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Look at that little mini violin. Hey, speaking oh. of tra- speaking of <laughs> speaking of training, boys, how, how much training do you need to do? Uh, say if say if Zorks wanted to do this, can can, can he? And yeah. if I say him, I mean me as well. I mean, yeah, sure. yeah. everyone's uh, able to do this. Um, it's it's like learning to ride a bicycle, really. Um, it's all balance related. So um, everyone's got the ability to learn. Um, we offer it to everyone, the general public. We have two training facilities in the world at the moment. Um, we have one in the United Kingdom based at the Goodwood Motor Circuit and also in Bakersfield, California at the moment. Now, we're slowly expanding. Um, Ryan was mentioning earlier that we're opening a place in Dubai as well, um, which we'll touch upon later because there's some exciting stuff to talk about about that. Um, and then hopefully um, that can kind of, you know, develop over time and then hopefully we can get one out in Australia. So, yeah, slowly developing. Is it all done over water? What do you do it over grass? Is it like, I'm just thinking, I, I always just think, where am I going to fall? What am I going to land on? Like, <laughs> naturally. No, it's, uh, it's not the point. No. <laughs> I get it. It's to stay I get up. we're flying. I get it. If I happen to have a mishap, yeah, where no, am I falling so onto? We, um, we've got a whole training system and a, uh, a rig that we set you up onto. So you've got a little safety tether that clips onto the back of the suit. If you were to fall over, you can't even scrape your knees on the floor. You know, it's Beautiful. all nice and safe. And on top of that, we've got a training remote system. So we can increase, decrease your power. We can take your finger off the accelerator or if something goes wrong, not that it ever does, you can just shut the whole suit down. And fall out of the sky. Great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not quite. But yeah. Yeah, we, we only need to kind of let you off the safety system after uh, um, we, you go for our four-week training program. So it's four weeks long, um, but it's four days a week. So it's 16 days worth of training. Um, but that is for our sign-off. Um, but it's like, like learning to drive a car. You know, yeah. you, you learn and have all your lessons, but you actually really start learning once you've passed and mm. you're off on free flight and you're off doing your own thing. So I could buy a suit. So we tend to not really sell them to the public. <laughs> <laughs> Good try. We, we, used, to, oh, we used to in the past, but we, we've kind of um, we've kind of kept it to ourselves now. It's a little bit like um, a, a high-end race car teams um, that sell them, 
you know, you the car, but then they put on the track bay, they kind of look look after it for you, do all the okay. maintenance. Um, so touching on that, if you would like to buy one or use one, and we're actually launching a race series next year. Um, so imagine eight or nine of these suits flying around racing um, around each other. Um, oh, so this is actually happening in February. That is our first one. Um, and we're doing it in Dubai, um, just outside of... Um, uh, the skydiving center there. So it's going to be very exciting. Um, and now with that, that is going to kind of launch our race series into 2025, which is when the main race series is going to happen. And what it will be is iconic venues around the world. So imagine a race series in Brisbane. Oh, I can um, imagine a race know. series in Brisbane. Yeah. You have to duck under the Story Bridge. That iconic. was like epic. Yeah. Brisbane yeah. iconic. Exactly. Um, and then we can kind of like, you know, from there kind of get people involved so we could be with the Brisbane Heat again and um, do all kinds of things. So oh, very exciting. It wouldn't necessarily be You'd, it would almost be like a time trial sort of race. I um, wouldn't imagine you're lining up next no, no, to someone eight, and we're on. No, eight pilots. Oh, we're on. Racing yeah, in each the other. Air, at in once. Yeah, at once. Like, right. yeah. Through, through a course. Everything. And, yeah. Yes. So when you were talking about where we like to fly, yeah. um, racing in high speed, we like to do it over water for okay. the simple reason of pilot safety. If you were to have an incident and crash into someone in a race, um, if you land on grass or concrete, it's not going to be very fun. Uh. However, if you're on water, it's not that bad. You can go a bit faster. You can fly a bit higher. Um, it's still going to not be pleasant, but you will land in the water. The whole suit floats itself. You wear a life jacket. Yeah. Is the and suit going to break? No, no, it's absolutely fine. The worst thing about it is the engines. The engines just get kind of trashed. And then everything else is absolutely fine. All the electronics are waterproofed. Um, it's very safe. And even if you do get knocked out or anything like that, which is very unlikely because you're not flying that fast or the impact's not high enough, um, the suit will actually float you facing upwards so you, you can... Your head will be in the sky. So. I have thought of everything. We have just a little bit. Lots of progress. Yeah, yeah, we can't take any credit for uh, the development of the suit, though. We're just crazy people that like to fly it and teach people how to fly. Um, all of the development's done by a team in the UK um, and, and pushed forward from them. So Alex and Sam are the two main um, people that kind of look after the suit. Can I ask you about cricket? Asking instrument oh, about so, cricket after the ashes. Uh, yeah, so yeah, this is a try. tough situation. <laughs> so we're, we're really excited for this evening, actually, because we, we're not... Actually, that big cricket fans. We've don't we've never seen a cricket game. Oh, before. you're Englishman. That's all right. Yeah, neither neither so is your test team. So that's we are okay. really <laughs> yeah. We are really yeah. We are really excited to see a game. Um, we're really excited to see what it's going to be like because um, it's something that we've not really been involved in and through this opportunity of being here, we're going to be able to witness it. So it's very exciting and we're going to look forward to learning lots about it. All right, well, the Heat have got a couple of Englishmen in their team. Uh, yeah. Sam Billings, who mm -hmm. will be the, the, the keeper. Uh, he's a pretty good batsman as well. Uh, there's a guy called Paul Walter we don't know much about, except he's tall. He's known okay. as Tall Paul. Great. Yeah, well, nice. <laughs> Nicknames, right? <laughs> exactly. Good name. Yeah, yeah. yeah, two metres, he, he can bat and bowl. So that, that's, that's the Heat. Um, there's a bloke who plays for the Stars. His name's Glenn Maxwell. Mm -hmm. uh, at the World Cup, just gone, the one-day World Cup. Um, sure. Yeah, double century, uh, unbelievable. He's probably the best white ball cricketer on the planet right now. There's no bias right there, but really? there we go. I'm just throwing it out there. So yeah, yeah. you're going to be you're going to be in for a treat. Amazing, good to hear. Yeah, yeah we're really stuff. excited for it. Yeah, it's going to be good. Perfect. <laughs> I'm just looking at the clock and I've got about another 1,000 questions, but we can't. But boys, um, th thank you so much for no. coming in today no, and, and, and joining yeah. us. And I hope everyone on their way to work, on their way to school, a couple more days to go, uh, getting ready and pumped for this tonight and enjoy that conversation as much as uh, Zorks and I did. Well, get your tickets. Get hey. your tickets. There's still tickets available. Make yep. sure you get There's there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Get, get your tickets. It's going to be unreal. Left. Exactly. The It'll Gabba. Be worth it. Because we are on the countdown too before the Gabba gets knocked down. We've got to start that knockdown, uh, that countdown. A couple of years to go, but there's a number of <laughs> events that can only. 70 happen. events left, you reckon? 70 or 60. Depends how well you guys go in the finals. Uh, 13, 13, 55, 04, 6, 7, 7, 3, and the heat. 
as well. That's it. Because if they make a final, they could host a... Oh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, the Suncorp Home Insurance line is open to you. Uh, thank you to Ryan. Thank you to Paul. Thank Enjoy tonight. Rocket Men, how good is this? It's half past eight here on SE. Rocket Man.